I'm Jessica, and this is Homecoming, finding yourself in life's little moments. Hi, dear listeners. One of the things that I really want to talk about has to do with the state of the world, (laughs) nothing less the state of our planet. So as I'm sitting here on this sandstone rock, I'm in one of my favorite spots, this particular one overlooking the ocean. And it's interesting because here on this continent, this island continent of Australia, they call it the land down under. And indeed, there's some sense of it being really on this far side of the world, removed from certainly the places that I've frequented and where I grew up and and so on. But anyway, I'm sitting here on this rock overlooking the ocean and it's a, it's in the afternoon, maybe 5:30 in the afternoon and it's summer now, so warm and I love the fact that there's this kind of warmth that envelops you and uh, sustains you. That's the feeling of it and the breeze and you can walk in the evening and it's not uncomfortable. It's a gray afternoon, a very soft gray afternoon. There's a kind of mist and cloudy formation along the horizon, and I can see from one end of the horizon to the other, so north to south, and then... Um, but the horizon itself is enshrouded in this in this low cloud, in this gray-white misty cloud and yet at the same time it's not raining so that's kind of a blessed thing I can sit here and look out and it's not raining but what I'm thinking has to do with a video that I watched just yesterday of a man named David Attenborough he's a man who's 92 years old and he's a naturalist and both of those things seem to me to be of real significance he's 92 so that means that he was born at the beginning of the 20th century, at the beginning of the 1900s, at the first part of the 1900s, he's 92. And he's in that way, like many people that I am blessed to encounter in my own life and work, because I go and I spend time with people who are in their late 80s and 90s, and even in their hundreds, frankly, at places of, uh, you know, insisted living residences and so on. So, There's something about the fact that he's 92, which is very important. And he was speaking at the Davos Summit, which is a summit that has to do with global affairs and business and so on. And what he was speaking about had to do with the state of our planet, with climate change, and with what he sees to be a monumental shift in the... a fundamental shift in the condition of our our home, our planet, our home. So I'm going to say our home because I feel when I say that it's our home, our planet is our home, that this is evocative of the truth, that this is one planet, and we've only got this one planet as far as we know, (laughs) and here we are. So, but anyway, he said something very interesting. He said, that we are now moving from an epoch, an epoch, an epoch called what he called 
the Holocene, H-O-L-O-C-E-N-E, the Holocene era, which was 12,000 years in length. And we're moving into what he's termed the Anthropocene era. So we're at the cusp of a change of incalculable proportion. And I think it's probably of a kind of proportion and extent that is beyond anything that we've ever, certainly ever experienced before. Certainly in our own lifetimes, but maybe even in the in the history of humankind, it's possible. So he was talking about how we're moving from the Holocene era epoch to the Anthropocene era. And the striking thing about this is that here now it matches something that I've been experiencing just on a day-to-day level. I live here in this place near the ocean. I live here in this beautiful place bordering the ocean. And as I've said in other podcasts, it's a place that's frequented by hundreds and thousands of people every day, week, and every year, perhaps millions of people every year. I don't know what the statistics are, but I see along the the walkway along the the asphalt walkway every day I see people walking who have come from near and far and it's like they're a representative of a spectrum of humanity of the of the entirety of humanity they come from all cultures they often speak languages I don't actually recognize I mean I recognize Russian and Spanish I can recognize Portuguese and Italian and French and uh and Chinese now and and Hindi um, but there's some languages that I hear that I, I don't know what they are that's how many different kinds of people come here and what is interesting about that for me is that it's giving me the sense of just how populous the earth is I used to live in the country very different kind of environment you know there weren't that many people the population was relatively scarce this was in a in this western part of of massachusetts in the northeast united states and there was a lot of open land forested land wooded land uh fields and so on and i loved those areas of open space and of uninhabited space there were people there but this is really different and so it's giving me a sense of just how populated the world is. Now, David Attenborough has coined, or somebody has coined this term, the Anthropocene era, this burgeoning, this new era in the history of not just humanity, but the entire world. So, as he said, we went from this 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 time where the climate and the state of the planet was fairly consistent and predictable, even though there were earthquakes and hurricanes and so on. It wasn't like it is now. There was a relative stability to the extent where human beings could actually, this was what was interesting to me, is that um, that relative stability allowed us to get to where we are now. You know, this is what's interesting to me. It's something we don't think about. It's almost like it's just the de facto situation, this sort of relative stability in the state of the 
of our home, this earth, and the state of the earth. So, and he was talking about how that relative stability, this 12,000 years, this Holocene era, this relative stability in the in the climate, in the state of the of the earth, of where we live, of our home here, of where we live, that has allowed us to develop to the extent we are now, to, to have developed in every single way that one can trace through the history of mankind, humankind, the, the incredible inventions and, and developments and evolution and cultural developments, how we went from just hunter-gatherers to now living in cities and living in this, in this very highly modernized and interconnected way, that all of that was the result of actually was predicated without us really even realizing it on this relative predictability of the earth and now here we are actually at the cusp of something new different new unpredictable i guess one could say yes so things are happening now that have not happened before in the history of that 12,000 years we are seeing huge changes in the ecosystems of this earth and the the habitats our habitat the habitats of many living creatures all of these living creatures are experiencing that also alongside of us they're experiencing all of that also and are being impacted uh, sort of for no fault of their own and in a sense really for no fault of our own i'm going to say that i give humanity and myself and all of us in a certain sense the benefit of the doubt i feel like that has to be somehow the case it's almost like without it's sort of holding ourselves oh i don't know it's a strange paradox you know on the one hand we know what we're up to we understand we have consciences you know we have a human conscience and awareness but i somehow feel now that we're being asked to really wake up that we are actually really being asked to wake up and what does that really mean so if david attenborough is talking about the anthropocene era the beginning now we are on the threshold of a new era the anthropocene era what does anthropos mean it means mankind humankind it means us now I really feel that when I think about that word hum, humankind or mankind or humankind, and this doesn't really have to do in any ca- way, shape, or form with the gender side of this, not at all. I'm just saying that I feel that there's something old about that, that even though we're at the edge of a new era, and this is where now we are the main influence in the world, we have become more powerful than nature in totality in the total picture of this planet we have become more powerful in a sense that we are affecting what nature is doing and that's really incredible so when i think about what it means to be entering this anthropocene era this new epoch and i think to myself okay what is it really to be human now in this new way? That is what's compelling me. So I want to say that at this point I'm going to share something that might seem like a completely 
a complete tangent, something that, that almost feels unconnected. And I have to say that in my own mind, I'm, I'm, I'm just intuiting that these two things are absolutely connected. But, you know, I teach piano and I teach these little children and sometimes, you know, they're just four or five or six or seven. And this morning I was listening to a little audio of a little seven-year-old that, um, that I teach. And she is just a delightful little student. And she makes up these beautiful little songs and she sings them as we play in duet together. And the song that she made up really, I think, just from her own imagination, she made up this song and we played it spontaneously on the on the keyboard together. And I was following her. I was following her words, her music, her fingers as they moved on the on the keys. And that song was called Ladybird. And she was singing to a bird. She was singing to a ladybird. And she was singing, Ladybird, 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 Ladybird up high, Ladybird fly, Ladybird fly, Ladybird fly up high, high up to the leaf, Ladybird, Ladybird fly up high to the leaf, high up in the sky, Ladybird fly. In her tiny little seven-year-old voice she was singing this and we were playing it together and I recorded it. Now this morning as I was thinking about the Anthropocene errors I was thinking about this this sense that the earth is in a way groaning under the weight it's it's something is happening where we have become the influence the pervasive influence in and on this planet I put on her little audio and listened to the recording that I'd made of us as we sat at the keyboard and she was singing Ladybird, Ladybird, fly up high, Ladybird fly in her little seven-year-old voice and there was something about listening to that that buoyed my spirits that made me feel this breath of fresh air and I think to myself when I have walked in nature and have contemplated the trees and the rocks and the leaves and the flowers and the insects and I have felt in my own self compelled to call to them to hear their voice I feel that what it means now to be a human being, to be one of these anthropomorphic individuals. So we are, that's a, a big word, but what it basically means is human. It means human, but it's like we have to redefine what it means to be human. And I feel like when I was listening to my little students sing to the ladybird, to sing about the ladybird flying up high, that I had a sense of I, I felt I got a clue as to what it means now to be human. We have to actually, this is a call to redefine what it means to be human because now we are responsible for this entire planet. We have gotten to the point where we are at a, we are at a tipping point and we really to survive the challenge, as they used to say in Mission Impossible, the challenge, if we choose to accept it, is to actually redefine ourselves. 
it's incredible to start to think that really the answer to this is going to come from the inside of us. It's going to then manifest in terms of what we choose and choose to do on the outside in our relationship with this world and all its myriad manifestations of life. But it comes from our redefining who we actually are, of changing this sense of who we actually are. In one sense, it's coming home to ourselves, but in another, it's forming something new. It'll feel, I think, and this is just an intuitive sense, it'll feel both familiar and new. And that's what to me is so exciting about it because when I think about it like that, when I think that the future is in our hands and that it's not a static thing, it's about actually this incredible opportunity to redefine who we are, who we are, to now be really able to call out the the presence and the you know through through a, a profound sort of um, how can I say this? I mean, what I can say is again that when I walk into nature and I begin to feel the presence of the living things around me, the, the impulse to me is to call to those things, to call, to bring the bugs back, to bring these beautiful insects back. I've heard just now that the monarch butterfly is on the verge of extinction. Now, if any one of you has seen a monarch butterfly, it's just beautiful. And I had an opportunity to photograph one when I was back in the United States before I moved here to before I came here. But I heard, oh my gosh, that the monarch butterfly, which is such a sort of iconic insect, might be on the verge of extinction. I mean, that's almost like saying you'll never see a friend again. It's like somebody saying you'll never see this neighbor again whom you've grown to know and, and spend time with and, and enjoy and so on and, and, and love and, and cherish. and Whatever it is, you'll never see them again. It's hard to imagine it. So I feel somehow that this is calling us to a new kind of way of being. And I think about that in the light of now us tapping and accessing, releasing, almost like if you went to the center of the earth, what would be released would be this, this incredible, this, this like unbelievable energy. It's like we are the earth now. And we have to go to, 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 to the very core, to the very center. But it's almost as if we're discovering that center and doing it. Not like we really know what that's going to be. But I feel somehow that there are clues. And I sense it in my own experience that my impulse is to, is to, is to be like a whisper. You know, they used to talk about, they've talked about horse whispers, dog whispers, people who are whispers, people who are connecting in this profound and subtle way with another living being. I mean, Martin Buber talked about the I-Thou relationship. I think this is taking that into real life now because our future actually depends on it. Because, you see, I feel somehow when I say that it's not really a feeling of fear when I think about it like this. It's a feeling of, of sort of excitement. Oh my gosh, we're being called to something incredible, something 
extra, uh, uh, there's no words to describe it, an untold possibility. We're being called to an untold new possibility for each of us, for humanity. And I think that word again has to be completely redefined. And at the same time, I think, wow, you know, there's a kind of simplicity in this too, but it's as if we are redefining who we are and what we have to do will come out of that to save ourselves and move forward. So there is the sense that there's an urgency, but it's a feeling of urgency like someone pushing you and going, go, 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 you can do it, go, go, go. You feel optimistic, you feel yes, you know, there's something behind us. God, whether you believe in God or not, it's something like destiny, you know, something way big, bigger than anything that one can imagine. But there's something there now that's that we've gotten gotten to this situation to awaken at at some extraordinary level into some untold new potential, and I just feel like each of us has a role in that. We each actually have a role in that. So if one continues to destroy anything, others, you know, one has to be now very aware of the effects of what any of us does. And what that does is is just if that you see, that's important. That's really important to begin to release and stop and be aware of any of the negative, destructive things that any of us does. And I put that word destructive into a very, very big context, um, like with a capital D or just wholesale. That means anything one does to others, you know, to each of us, to anyone anything anyone does to another person to to each other to others to the living world you see i mean this is a kind of push to really grapple and reckon and come to a kind of reckoning with ourselves with what the effects of one's life are so i think about this beautiful 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 little recording of my student ladybird ladybird because she is little and there's something about children and all of this that is just so precious i am blessed to work to teach children because they are the ones that are going to have to carry this you see i mean i've never thought about it like this before but now i'm at this point in my life where i actually feel wait you know there are generations coming up you know, they're coming up and they're going to be continuing this. I've never thought like that generationally, but it really is the way it is. And there's this wonderful sort of saying, you know, the Native Americans had this concept of the seventh generation, how one, what one does should be measured in terms of its effect on the seventh generation down the line. Well, I look back and I think, okay, what are the what are the generations now behind me that are coming up? What is it that I'm doing to prepare them, to help them? What is it that I'm doing as these generations are now emerging that are younger than I? So there are many different ways to look at this. 
but I think about that little beautiful ladybird song, ladybird, because she was calling to the ladybird. She was like a ladybird whisperer, you know? That ladybird, that little bird, as she was sitting with me at the keyboard, touching the keys and, and playing that little song spontaneously and singing these words that she created, she was a ladybird whisperer, you know? She was in duet with that ladybird in her imagination, and it was like that little bird was and is real. So I really feel now that we're ca- we're being called to call out to to emerge now into a new completely new way of being and to call upon to unlock to discover to invent to to release to stand in awe of what's going to now come out of us in the most positive untold, uncharted, extraordinary, awe-inspiring. None of these words really do it justice, but it's all going to be like re... It's going to be like a birth. Not even a rebirth. It's going to be like a birth of something really, really, really out of us new. It's going to be a birth of something. That's what we're being called to do, is to birth ourselves and this world in the process will be transformed. We will actually finally be in duet with this earth in a conscious way. That's part of this incredible challenge and possibility now is that we will be in duet with this world because we have come to the point where we are the predominant influence and and power and are having the greatest impact on this on this earth. So yes, it is the Anthropocene error but what anthropos what human what it means to be human is now that definition is obsolete the old definition of what it means to be human is is obsolete and like a chrysalis you know we're going to emerge finally as something completely different like that like a butterfly does there are just no words. I don't think there's any metaphor or, or word concept or definition that can actually do justice to what we're being called to, to do here and what is actually going to uh, potentially happen, what we're now at the cusp of and the threshold of. I don't think there's any word. Everything will be redefined, and yet there's a tangible, there's an instinctive, there's like a level of, of this a feeling sense of it there's something like latent I used to be a photographer and you know when you were in the dark room this is back in the old days before digital images I would be in the dark room and standing over a tray of developer and I would be watching the image come up in the tray on the piece of paper on the photographic paper that image that black and white image that image would be emerging in the solution in the developing solution we're being now we're, it's like we're in that developing solution. We're in this world emerging where it's like this whole world is like that developing tray. And now we're being asked to and have the opportunity and, in fact, really being called and pushed. We're being pushed. That's what's actually going on. We're actually being pushed to come out now to be of maybe all the potential of what's gone on up to this point, everything that's led up to this point, all these millions and thousands of years, all of this 12,000 years that David Attenborough speaks about, the the Holocene era, you know, everything that happened in that that led us to this point. Now we're being asked to go 
into some new, very, 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 very new and incredible, uncharted territory. So I find there's something very exciting about this and ultimately urgent, but again, not with a sense of fear or panic, but like, oh my gosh, we've been given, we're being given, something is happening now that has an extraordinary sense of rightness. It's amazing to think about it. And here we are, the ones to do it. You know, we're the ones. We are the ones to be in duet with this earth, to save ourselves, to actually become new in every way, shape, or form, new.